Doughboy Podcast, where we are champions of the common man. I'm your host, Buster Caballero. Thanks for tuning in. We sit down with certified good old boys and discuss how they're doing life, how they're getting by, their tips, their tricks, and getting down to the how to live life right by good old boy standards. So, sit back, relax, fix your cocktail, and let's get to the show. All right, all my good old boys out there, Buster Caballero, we are back in the studio. We have our special guest today, Mr. Kevin Brayman, mechanical engineer, a runner, a beer brewer, all just man of many faceted talents. And uh, as I've always said, good old boys usually have a lot of skills that they have. And he stopped by and he sent me a list of things he would want to talk about and <laughs> said, oh, I don't know if you'd be interested in this. And I said, hell yeah. And first thing, I think we're, uh, Kevin, thanks for coming. Now we're going to jump right into some homebrew or something or yeah yeah so, I'm, I'm, what we got i'm a i'm definitely a novice when it comes to the home brewing uh i've got a friend who's got an amazing setup he's got uh so i went over to his house and bought and brewed this thing it's called a uh, it's called an english mild if you ever had a uh, a uh, newcastle before it's supposed to be like that now i do love a newcastle oh good all right so we're gonna find out how flat this is because <laughs> my guy my guy is a great brewer but he's got an amazing setup. See, look off, see if it's got flatness or not. Well, you, I'm not going to pour you too much because we'll see if it's it's too flat. So he has an amazing Do, setup. But does he, it matter if it's flat or not? It, or? It's not going to taste as uh, it, you know. You're used to a beer with uh, with bubbles in it, mm-hmm. and so he's got a kegerator, an amazing kegerator, right? And he's got CO2. He puts it in there and he, he carbonates it. When you're mm-hmm. done brewing it and you bottle it like I did. You're supposed to put in some called carbonation tablets. It's yeah. like sugar. And uh, he forgot to tell me that step because I, like I said, I'm a novice. <laughs> and I go, hey, Ryan, this uh, it's pretty flat. He's like, well, did you uh, put in that sugar at the end? I said, nope, you didn't say that step. <laughs> so, does it, <laughs> so does it affect the flavor in it? No, or? no. The flavor flavor's still good, but I won't be offended if you kind of dip it, you know, if you dump it out at the end. But uh, it's it's pretty decent. Here, Salute. Che- Thank te- you. Cheers it out. I thought it would have a little bit more carbonation now. But uh, that's actually good. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I fell off the wagon today, so I'm like all oh, going into it. This is a nice little surprise. Oh uh, yeah! <laughs> so I went 53 days, and today we went to the rustic, and they had a badass margarita. Yeah, and I was like, I will take that. And then there were shots, and then there were beers, and now there's this home brew, and damn, yeah, today's you, good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Loving life. It's fantastic, yeah. So how did you get into this? So, did you get like a kid for like Father's Day or something, a Mr. How, Brewer? How did you know? Yeah. that's. I think every man has gotten that gift. At one point, some like take it a next step, some take it even further, and some of them are like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. So you've taken it. What's your rig like? Uh, you- no, I, I, so that's the thing, is I got the most basic homebrew uh kit available that was from my sister and brother-in-law they got me thing it's called a uh, cooper's brew kit okay and uh and it came with everything you needed to have with it right it came with the the you know the the starter kit with the yeast and everything all put in there and you could just brew yourself a pilsner so i brew myself a pilsner and uh and, and a came, pilsner that's like miller light huh? yeah exactly it's okay. so basic and uh i bottled it all up and I, uh, I named it, but did you die? Cause I was kind of worried that I, <laughs> I was kind of worried that whatever I did I can still see <laughs> it's like, but did you die? So yeah, I thought I, I might like die it. if I drank it. Um, but I didn't, I drank all and it's, uh, it's nice. Cause it's really just, you just, 
get the water up to temperature. You put in everything you need to put in there, and you let it sit, and you get beer, right? So you get, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how long did this sit for? Uh, it only it only has to sit for like six weeks, uh, and some of them you can get done a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it made thirty two of these seven hundred fifty milliliter bottles, so you can get a, a lot of beer for very cheap. So this it's is kind of, this is good. Like I would. I would not think this would be homebrew. Yeah, yeah. Well, you might be the first guy I've met who like homebrewed decent shit. Yeah. Well, so on his setup, so that was a Pilsner. Pilsner was okay. Uh, this one, this English Mild, Ryan had. I mean, he gets his own. You know, he gets his own. Uh, you know, his own uh, hops, and he gets all the all the roasted. You know, uh, malts and everything like that. He puts it all together. Where do you get that at? Uh, there's actually a shop down there on Highway Three called Hop and Grape. Okay. If you know beers, looking at you. If you ever heard of that that no. shop, but uh, they've got a lot of. I know there was a brewing place out on uh, on NASA Road One. Yeah, yeah. There used to be. I think there was that one. But this hopping grapes got everything you need. I mean, you got you want to have your special yeast. You want to have your your uh, anything that comes into your hops and everything. It's all right there, and they've got all the all the kit right there, so you can get all this stuff. But Ryan's got this huge setup. I mean, it's like temperature controlled. He's got pumps everywhere because you mm-hmm. got to run it through all the all the oats and everything to get all the the right flavor in there. And so it took about best part of you know three four hours to brew this, and then I just sat at home and bottled it. And it's it's good. It's good. So. Now do you have to like pour it all into one big jug and then have the little aspirator thing where like when it would burp and vent and do yeah. all that. Yeah, and that's you right. stuck it like did you stick it like in the back of your closet somewhere yeah. where your wife was like, What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, I actually put it in the in the dining room area. So that's oh, all right. I didn't even have that's it great. <laughs> but yeah, the, all these guys, yeah, you put in a carboy and you gotta have like a little bit of a you know, little uh, uh you know, blow off for any kind of CO two and uh and mine's mine's a real cheapo system that I got for, like I said for that gift, and uh, it's plastic. Most carboys are a plastic, yeah. uh, a big old glass jar. Now I got one from Ryan now, so next time I'll do it a little bit better. Mm, but that's uh, nice. it's good. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I like yeah. it. I got the kit like a long time ago, and it was like yeah. the Mr. Beer kit. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Oh man, I I tried, and basically at the end of it, I was like, I'm just gonna throw this away. So <laughs> as much as I would have loved to have pursued it, but no, that's. That's really good. I'll. You gonna try and go bigger with it, or is it just fun hobby? Or you know, for right now, it's just fun. I mean, the guys who go big, I mean, they go. I just went to. Um, there's an event in Clear Lake. I ju- we just went yesterday. My wife and a friend. We went to something called the Lunar Rendezvous. They've been doing this thing for 26 years. It's a bunch of home brewers. They get together a one time year big old thing right there at the uh, the Clear Lake Park, right there off of Clear Lake and uh, NASA Road One. Mm-hmm. All, all these home brewers bring their own stuff, and uh, it's just a taste test. You pay 20 bucks, and you just pretty much drink whatever you want that's Damn. there. Yeah, it's fantastic. So y'all keep an eye out for Lunar Rendezvous next year, and you just go. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the whole microbrewery has exploded, and it's not what you would think you would need. I mean, now these guys are probably in a, I don't know, I want to say maybe a 3,000 to 5,000 square foot facility, and- yeah. They bring in all their stuff, and it's go to town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you been by a saloon door yet? I haven't been there yet. Oh, yeah. I've been to Galveston Island Brewery a lot. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to the bigger ones in Houston yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, passed by the uh, Eighth Wonder Brewery today. Oh. Haven't been out there. Yeah, yeah. That's a neat little place, too. Yeah. But, now, saloon door's tiny. Yeah. It's a tiny place, but uh, they put out a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I... Uh, 
it, that's like my sales territory in that area. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the customers go call on it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go take a look at these guys, but I didn't make it in yet. I've been running around like crazy. So, but that's, what, what's your favorite place to go to? Uh, as far as brewery wise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so Undor is really good. I love all their stuff. They're tasty AF and they're ridiculous AF. It's just fantastic. Oh, those guys make that? Yeah. They're the ones okay. who make that. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest for me and beers, mm-hmm. it's like, give me a Budweiser, give me a Shiner, give me a high life. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll drink a Guinness. I like the dark beers like this. Mm-hmm. This is really good for me. And other than that though, I'm not one of these like, God, like 50 million craft beers out there. Yeah. And, I started getting into the bourbons, and I'm just like pumping the brakes. I'm like, slow down. I'm just going to drink it, put a little Coke in it. <laughs> yeah, it, they can get pretty crazy, and they're all trying to like outdo each other with like a little extra added here and a little different flavor there. Um, and then the IPA thing just got crazy. I'm not a big fan. I'll drink an IPA. I'm not a big fan of it. It's if you like put a gun to my head and like blindfolded <laughs> me and gave me like three beers and said, pick the IPA, I'd be like, I have no clue. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I just I'm, I'm not one of those guys right there. Yeah, I like drinking some beers. Yeah, you know yeah, I'm yeah. I'm like Cavanaugh. I like to drink beer. I'll, <laughs> I will continue to drink beer. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. But now, dude, this is yeah, this is delicious. Yeah. No, my my buddy who brews, he's really into it. And when I drink something, he's what made, does he make? He like, makes everything. I mean, he makes every kind of beer that you can think of. He makes. I mean. Yesterday at the Rendezvous, he had uh, something called a, a wit. So I don't know if you've seen Cellus out there. They have a, 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 a wit. It's like a white beer. It's called like a white beer. No. Uh, you like that. If you like uh, the lighter beers, you mm-hmm. like it. So look for Cellus. They've got one of the best ones out there. If you go out to the HEB, you'll, you'll see Cellus wit uh-huh. out there. Um, he makes it. I'm telling you, he makes everything. See, it, it, he's just got such a huge setup. He usually has five, six different beers on tap that he made at his own house. He's got that big of a kegerator. Really? Yeah. <laughs> now, is he doing this just for fun, or is that like a side gig, or is day job? No, he doesn't sell it. I mean, he'll he'll enter competitions okay. to, to try to win, but now he just does it. I, I I try to push him, and he's an engineer with me at my, okay. at my company. I'm like, man, you could do this. You could do an actual brewery. He goes, I don't want to do it. I do it because I like it, and once it becomes yeah. a business. Then it's not your passion. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah then then right. it's you. You've got a whole lot more onto that. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the deal. And a lot of those guys, they could do it. They could make an actual brewery out of the stuff they put out there because it's really good. Like I said, I just drank a whole bunch of homebrew yesterday, and it's just as good, better than you'll find at the store, right? Because it's just this, this, top quality stuff. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but this is this is really good. Yeah. I like this when you said it's like a Newcastle kind of. Mm-hmm. I used to drink Newcastles a lot when I lived in Mississippi. They had a little Irish bar there, and we'd go and drink Newcastles and Guinness yeah. and uh, Killians and all those mm-hmm. fun, good dark mm-hmm. beers like this. So, oh yeah. So does this help you run, man? Uh, actually, you know what? It actually does. Um, I uh, so usually on my long runs, the night mm-hmm. before a long run. I like to get a little, little tipsy, a little drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm weird that way. A lot of people can't do that, but I find whatever it is. So there's a lot of carbs, right? In, yeah. in beer, right? It's a lot of calories, a lot of everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the big bowl of pasta, but it, liquid form. Yeah, pretty much. It's like a sandwich in every beer, right? That's what yeah. they say, right? So, so I'll drink a number. I'm usually the darker, the better for me the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, might wake up with a little bit of headache. That's okay. I put a couple Advil in. I'm good. I go run. So yeah, I like to drink before I run, <laughs> like the night before I run. Well, yeah. So how you are a big runner? Yeah. And today I was 
making fun of you, yeah, but thanks. on your runs and your <laughs> subtle brags of. <laughs> but no, dude, I get that because at one point you may not know this body, but I I was doing some running for a long time. I was traveling. I was training for the marathon. Mm-hmm. And I was doing some good runs, some long runs. I enjoyed it. I was having fun with it. And then I got to 13 miles, like where I was supposed to do that half marathon run, and I did it. And when I got back, it wrecked me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was, like, never able to run a lot after that. Yep, yep. I don't know if it's something in my mind or I I think it might be in my mind. A a little bit, but, I mean, running long distance. Now, half marathon to me is the perfect long distance race what, right um well, go ahead what's what's like your go-to run like when you what's your schedule what do you uh well i run every day and uh i try to run three miles every single day mm-hmm. um it all depends on the time if i wake up a little late and yeah i got kids you mm-hmm. got kids if i have to wake them up and get them ready for school and i'm like running late i'm like well i better make it back in time to make sure they're up and ready for school because they're older they can get themselves yeah. up and going mine are uh, but I usually run for amount of time I have in the morning, so okay. I can run. Yeah, I, I try to run a three miler every day. Um, what's your pace for that? Uh, I mean, it depends on if I came off a hard mm. run, but normally between eight and nine minute miles, somewhere right around there. Okay, so, so not blazing fast, but I don't try to go too fast, just like an everyday run, right? So, so is it just a I need to get a workout in? I enjoy it, or is it like? Is it more a spiritual thing or? You know, uh, it's become kind of a thing like where it's just now that's just who I am and what Mm -hmm. I do. I've I've run for as long as I can remember Um, as far as, you know, cross country or whatever else, you know. But, you know, college years, I didn't run during college years. Mm -hmm. I had too much. I was in school. I had no time to run. Uh, And then about four years ago, my wife made the mistake of telling me about this group of people who run every single day. They call, you know, they're. They're run streakers, right? They never take a day off. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, why are they doing that? And uh, she said, well, I think you get a T-shirt out of it. I'm like, I'll run every day for a T-shirt. Might as well. (laughs) 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 The con was uh, that the T-shirt wasn't free. You still had to pay for it at the end. You just got to say, like, I'm part of this club that I bought this shirt that said I run every single Mm -hmm. day. And, uh, and then it just became a thing, you know, I just started actually just running every single day and I've done it for almost four years where I run every single day and damn. I just don't take a day off. Well, you say, damn, but there are people in this club that they haven't taken a day off for over 30 years, 40 years. I kid you not every single day for over 40 years or some of the people in this club. <laughs> that is, that's obsessive. Yeah. A little bit. It's impressive. It, it's impressive. It's obsessive. It's compulsory. It's dedication, though, and it's yeah. focus. Yeah. So, I mean, it all depends on how you... I'm, I'm impressed by that. I wish I could do that. I tell myself, I'm going to wake up in the morning and go running, and yeah, I, I, apparently I sleep through my alarms or I shut them off or something, because I wake up at like 6.30, and I'm like, damn it. Yeah, yeah. What happened? Yeah. This is going to sound really... Uh, what I tell people is, it's going to sound really terrible, but the first 100 days are the hardest. After that, it just kind of becomes what you do, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it's... Uh, and I think for me, asking if it's like a spiritual thing, you know, I was talking about... I, I kind of use it as an example in my own life and like with my kids. Uh, sometimes it's just, you know, how nice is it that the first thing you do in the morning... I try to run first thing in the morning. I don't mm-hmm. wait until the end of the day. I just do it first thing in the morning. You hydrate, you like 
drink a cup of coffee or you just like wake up, throw in your shoes, drink some water and go? No. And if my wife listens to this, she'll laugh because I'm the slowest mover in the morning. Not a lot I'll, of women listen to this. <laughs> I got like five of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I get up, I do my, I have my own routine. I mean, we all have our own routine. Mm-hmm. You know, I get up, I, I usually drink like a pre-workout type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually got to, you know, hit the deuce, you know, mm-hmm. go out there and then, then I go running. So it takes me about 45 minutes and then I just yeah. go out and run. What time you wake up? Uh, five, five thirty. Okay. Every day. Um, and then, uh, and then I get out there and it's like, and after that, then I can already say, look, I already checked something off. I already got something done yeah. today already. You know, I haven't even gotten out my front door and I've mm-hmm. done something today. Yeah. And, uh, them other motherfuckers are sleeping right now. <laughs> got them. Yeah, that's right. My, my buddy, my buddy Jacob will, you know, say like, Kevin, you're one of those guys that I'm still sleeping. You're outside building a shed. I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. probably what I would. I probably get up and start doing something, but it just feels good just to like first thing in the morning. I say, look, I can check something off. I got something done. Yeah. And then the minute I walk into you know my office, I say, look, I've already done something, you know, least- is, is that your big, uh, your frog? Like, you know, the book, uh, eat a frog every day, something It's like, as you wake up and get that knocked out, then everything else is okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Right. You know, and then, and then it it started off with that and, uh, and now it's become kind of an obsession thing, right? Like if, if for whatever, sometimes my job, I have to go in at like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, we got on orbit Mm -hmm. stuff going on and I can't do it first thing in the morning because I'm not going to get up at one o'clock and then run to go in. Yeah. And so then. The rest of the day, I'm just worried I'm gonna like miss my run. Yeah. When I guess so, like I have to like I set myself reminders. I'm like, shoot, you gotta remember to run. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to break the streak. I've done it for so long. Have you ever like going it. out at 11 o'clock at night yeah. around here and just yeah. tore one up? Yep. Yep. And if you ever seen me, you probably haven't. But uh, sometimes I'll come home from a day like that. I'll get home at late, and I've been working all day. I won't even take the time to go into workout clothes. I'll just go in my. I'll take my work clothes that I'm wear. I've been wearing. All day, and I'll just put on some tennis shoes, and I'll just go out and run. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I'm tired. Damn, and I just want to go. To, I just want to go to bed. I'm like, but I got to get my run in, so I get my tennis shoes on, and I just go out for a run. <laughs> I was I was having this thing for a while, uh, the beginning of the month, where I uh, my goal was on. You know, I, I got the Apple Watch, so like close all the rings and exercise, and I was going to the gym and I was doing work. I was throwing my uh, my weighted vest on and going like doing three or four mile walks around the neighborhood yeah. and just trying to get that in and but i was doing it at 11 o'clock at night because i figured everybody'd be like who is this crazy son of a bitch <laughs> next thing i know got the cops called and all but yeah yeah uh, the weighted vest looks a little uh intimidating as yeah, fuck yeah because yeah, yeah. i put a knife and a flashlight on it <laughs> dude i don't i don't know i've seen some sketchy things while i'm like running around here at 11 o'clock at night so yeah. i'm not gonna take any chances yeah yeah i, I hear you so yeah. <laughs> but that is that's admirable man that's so what do you do you listen to music do you know headphones no, uh, I, I listen to podcasts i listen to your podcast you did, sometimes man. yeah I love yeah, it thank yeah, you yeah so uh waking up like a 10 <laughs> that's right wake up like a 10 yeah so yeah I, I like i don't know what it is i like the spoken word when i when mm-hmm. i go run um music's great if i'm trying to go fast but if i'm just trying to get my run in i like listen i usually listen to like espn radio podcast or your podcast and my buddy's got another one for uh uh, for his stuff, so I'll just listen to What's whatever. your buddy's one? It's called a Biofriendly Podcast. So he actually works for a company called Biofriendly. Uh-huh. Uh, they do actually some of the additives for um, – they're actually big here in Houston too, some of the additives for – 
for uh, for diesel fuel or whatever to make okay. it more bio friendly, right? Um, and they're expanding it into something else, and uh, and they just had this. This is a fun podcast. They're a bunch of goofballs. They're, yeah, they're comedians actually. Um, like literally, like actually go stand up comedian. Oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, so my buddy Jacob actually does actually stand up, and he's written a bunch of stuff, and uh, actually filmed. Yeah, he has a couple series that he's done on YouTube, actually like TV shows or whatever. Cool. Yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So he, uh, but now he's got this podcast, and it's it's fun. You know, they're just they're trying to. They're what's great about them is you know your podcast is the common man. They're like the bio friendly person for the common man. You know, they're not really? trying to tell you you know, how to live your life or tell you mm-hmm. like, listen, you're, you're killing this planet, right? They're just, they're being real. They're like, yeah, we can all do just a little thing to make things just a little bit better. Right. Just use a little less water. Don't use a little extra plastic. You know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's really like middle of the road, good stuff to kind of make you, you know, you're like, look, I'm not trying to guilt trip you, but give this a try. Exactly. Yeah. That's like a uh, AJ, the hippie I had on who was doing my lawn. We were talking about things and like some of the things he said, like, well, you want your kids to play in the grass, right? Yeah. Do you ever throw stuff out and then you tell your kids they can't go play outside? Yeah. Yeah. I was okay. Well, we can do something about that. And I'm like, yeah. all right. And it was funny. The other day he came by and I looked at my lawn and I could tell something was on there and my kids were playing out. I'm like, what's on my lawn? He goes, organic molasses and humanite and all this. And I'm like, can they play? And he goes, yeah, they're perfectly good. The bottom of their feet will smell like, uh, like sweet. And yeah. so like, of course that night I'm like, get putting them in bed to bathe them and i'm like i'm like oh man your feet smell like molasses and sweat and six-year-old boys so get in the tub <laughs> but that's that's one of those things is you know if if you can explain it in a way that's not as forceful you know people will listen yeah yeah they will yeah There's, some people like to dig in their heels like i'm like you can't tell me to not use my chemicals and whatever but uh, yeah, I mean, I I just had to put a whole bunch of stuff in my backyard. We grew a lot of weeds over the winter time. You grew here. weed? No, 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 not weed. No. <laughs> Nobody listening. No, Nobody, you know, no, the winter time around here, it's the weeds go crazy yes. really hard. And uh, and I put some stuff in my backyard and gone crazy. And then my dog was sick for like a day, and I tried Man. to keep her off it when yeah. it was wet and everything. But she still got sick for a day, and I said, well, "I'm not using that stuff in my backyard again because that's uh, I don't want my dog sick, I don't want my kids yeah. sick, nothing." So. Maybe you should talk to your buddy, AJ. You should, man. I'd, <laughs> look, this is the first year, uh, last year, I'd mow my lawn. I'd put all the stuff down. I'd take all the time to do that. And right now, I'm just like, all right, my time valuation of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, I'm just going to give it to him. And I got a guy mowing my lawn. And yeah. got to talk to that guy about raising the blades up a little bit. But I'm just <laughs> like, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to let it go and just not worry about it as much. Focus my attention elsewhere and do other things. So, yeah. you know, that's that's one of the things that I do. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh well, well, screw it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good luck. Yeah, the the lawn maintenance thing—it's always a, a pain down here. It is, and especially like I feel like I got every single piece of crabgrass that was on a pallet. And, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, when they when they put the sod down here, when they put down there, it's you never know what you're gonna get. No, yeah, you're getting shit. That's what it <laughs> that's is. That's pretty much it. Yeah, my neighbor's got like nice, lush, long grass, and when you look at it though, it's like it's it's tall, but yeah. it's also like. My wife's like, why doesn't our lawn look like that? And I bring her over and be like, this is crabgrass. This is crabgrass. This is crabgrass. Yeah. He just mows it a lot and it looks good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, eh. Oh, well. <laughs> Screw that. It's oh. a nice looking crabgrass. It yeah. is such beautiful crabgrass. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so the podcast on the long, which is like a go-to long run for you, though? Like, uh, You mean distance-wise? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, like, do you, is it like just three miles every day or is it like three miles during the weekend and on the weekend I'm going to go for a long one or. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it depends on if I'm training for anything. No. Uh, the nice thing about the, the run streak is I'm, I'm trained for anything, you know, 5k, 10k, no problem. I can run anytime I want. Uh, so on the weekend, if I've got time, six, 10 miles, whatever I've got yeah. time for really, unfortunately I'm at that spot where unless I'm training and if I'm on a training regimen, I'm going to hit those miles pretty much. Um, but, uh, if I'm just, you know, going out for a run, I'll just, you know, go whatever six miles. Like I think, yes, no, this morning I did five miles, just took the dog out, went for five miles and came back. That was that's it. such a, I think that's more manageable than anything. Yeah. Cause I was yeah. doing the, uh, Hal Higdon oh, training yeah. for the marathon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where it's like you run Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, take off Friday, there's a run Saturday, and then a long run on Sunday. Yep. And dude, I was, that is an awesome program. Yeah. I loved it the way I did it. And it was funny, one time I had rolled on a nine, a nine miler, mm-hmm. and I was at the ranch in South Texas. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to wake up and go running yeah. before <laughs> the hunting start. So like, I wake up at five in the morning, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, so I've got like my backpack on and I've got my gun on the front and I've got a headlamp on and like <laughs> just going down the roads in South Texas, like running through here. I've got animals jumping across the road. It was like really cool, but I experienced that runner's high and it was, it's something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a breakthrough. It's, no, it's good. Yeah. Those training programs are, uh, they're, they're fantastic. And you know, when I'm, when I am training for a half marathon and I'm retired from marathons, I've run mm-hmm. six of them and I'm saying I'm retired. Which ones did you run? Uh, I've run the Houston, let's see, I've run the Houston two times, Chicago twice and Santa Clarita, mm-hmm. uh, up in California. I did that one. Uh, I did that. One. Oh, I did that one once. I've done Houston three times. I forgot okay. I did one with my wife. So yeah, right. so I've done that one. So they're all great. They're fantastic, but it's hard on your body. Like you said, yeah. have marathon kind of wrecked you. Yeah. Yeah. Here, full marathons are just terrible. <laughs> Dang. I, I'm actually full of uh, transparency here. Mm-hmm. So I had to defer that year. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. signed up every year and defer. <laughs> <laughs> every year. Every like, year. Like, this is the year this I'm going to do, do it. And yeah. then, uh, no, no, yeah, I don't you, do it. Yeah. You can see, I think on my vision board right there, I th- yep, there it is up on the court of Houston Marathon. Got to do, <laughs> got to get that one off. Got to get that little devil off my back. Just get it done. I yeah, know. Yeah. I know. The marathon's a tough thing to train for. The mar- it just takes so much time. I mean, you got young yeah. kids, you got a job. You do a 20 mile run. Just yeah. to do a training mile. I mean, you got to get up to twenty miles just to train yeah. for a full marathon. That wipes you out. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, that, like, I mean, that itself is hours and hours and hours. And then oh, I was. And then you're spent. Yeah, I was coming back from stuff and doing this and that, and it, it was. Yeah, it's taxing. Yeah, yeah. My buddy, who uh, the year that we were supposed to do it, we we're going to run it together. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, dude, I, I don't know, I can't run. Like I did that thirteen miles, and I was supposed to go do like a five mile run, and I got to three miles, and I just. I just couldn't. My body was shutting down. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, but he did it. And after he did, I was like, how was it, man? You're going to do it next year? He's like, I'm never doing another one of these in my life. <laughs> yeah. I, I got a great, st- I used to wrestle in co- in high school. Oh yeah. And, uh, my wrestling coach told this great speech at the end of like, at the end of our year, we have an award ceremony. 
And he was talking about his his brother talked him into doing a, a full marathon. Mm-hmm. His brother's like, you got to do it. Marathons are great. You just work so hard. You just get so much accomplishment. I'm telling you, it's better than sex. Like, this is what his brother's like telling him up. He's Has like, right. his brother, the priest, ever experienced this? <laughs> well, that's a, the, my coach is like, he's like, so I went through all the training, and I did the race, and I finished it. And I looked right at my brother and said, your sex life is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's great. It feels good. It's a good accomplishment. But no. No, it's never going to do it. Yeah, it's not better than the sex. No. So uh, <laughs> do you want more? Do you want yeah, more? man, I'll take a little more. All right. That's like, a, so there, there's a big push now, like uh, where people who are doing running, from what I've seen, mm-hmm. the uh, where before it's all training like goo and peanut butter in the morning and all this and loading. And now you have people like, uh, hey, do you follow any of the ultra marathon races or anything like that? I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, I mean, I don't follow the races, but I knew some you know, people who do the ultra marathons. Yeah. So you know, like, uh, what's her name, Courtney Dualwaller? Oh, I don't know that name. No. Uh, where she just did like the Bigfoot two fifty or whatever it oh, is, yeah. and like murdered the competition. Oh gosh, yeah. And she did it like I think she had like a. 25 mile gap on everyone holy cow and they were like what's your training like she goes i drink beer and i eat candy and doritos and all. so she is going and she is like the tiniest little thing yeah, yeah. but she is like destroying people left and right That's uh crazy. her and cameron haynes just did a, a grand canyon a ridge to ridge in like one day no way really yeah, where they ran all the way down ran up and ran back Hey, I appreciate you calling it Ridge to Ridge, by the way. Most people call it Rim to Rim, and it just sounds dirtier when you it say Rim does, to Rim. It does, So thanks for calling it Ridge to Ridge. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was one hell of a rim job they did, I tell you. Yeah, so yeah, those ultra marathoners are crazy. And uh, yeah, because yeah, you get anything over, so technically, anything over a marathon, and you're considered an ultra marathoner. Mm-hmm. But uh, 100 miles, like people do the 100 mile races. Yeah. And then they'll do the uh, the 200, the 250, oh bad gosh. water. Yeah. Uh, and I understand pushing yourself, but. No, it's crazy. What the? Yeah. Hell? Yeah. I, I read a story about a guy who just picked up ultra marathoning, like when he was just like a really bad part of his life. And he was like Forrest Gump and he was like, I'm just going to go running. And he just started running. And he would do this thing where he would just run out to whoever, and he would call for a pizza. He's like, hey, can you meet me out here? I'm going to be out there in about five hours. Can you meet me over pizza? Really? And he'd go out there, and he'd run and get his pizza, and then he'd just keep on running. I'm like, that's crazy. And he'd do that whole thing, like run 150 miles with like I've, nonstop. I've heard like two stories of that. <laughs> and uh, one, it was like the superpower guy, and it was basically this guy got drunk one night, and he's like, oh, I turned 30 years old. I'm going to go run 30 miles. And he went and did it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And then he was like, oh, I like this. So I'm going to start running more. And he would run and run and run. And it turns out like his body does not produce the uh, lactic acid. Oh, really? Yeah. They're like, they measured it and measured it. And they put this guy through hell. And they were like, you are not producing lactic acid. That's crazy. So your muscles just go. That's awesome. Man, I wish I had that power. (laughs) (laughs) I probably wouldn't abuse that power much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it a lot easier, I yeah. tell you that much. But then there's also the guys like, uh, have you heard of Rich Roll? Uh, nope. Vegan, uh, big runner, swimmer, mm-hmm. everything like that. But he was a he was an attorney in Hollywood, like drugs, cocaine, all this stuff. And then like he basically quit everything, quit being an attorney, started running, mm-hmm. 
and like now he's like ultra marathon plant based like went the complete opposite oh of gosh. it but like ultra marathoner and all that so see you were talking about my my run streak about being like obsessive like mm -hmm. that now that guy he just has an obsessive personality right he put it into drugs and you know lawyer first and now yeah. we just switch i know he's obsessive on something else right and so, that's how it goes so do, yeah. do you think are you like with your runs or is it just like something that you do is for you or is there something that it's like a, I got to do that. It's See, is it your identity or is it an obsession? No, I mean I think it's just what I do. I, okay. You're right. I think it's and so like yeah. My wife has said she could never do it because she is obsessive, and that she mm -hmm. would. I mean, she, it would upset her all day if she hadn't gotten to a run yet. For me, I'm like I just got to remember to do it. But yeah, um, you know I love to do it, but I'm not a I'm not an obsessive person at all. Right. I'm. I, I like doing things like about the mm -hmm. same way, and I like I'm an engineer, anyways, right? So I like to do things pretty much the same way all the time. But mm -hmm. uh, no, I'm not obsessive. Like if I had to miss, I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Do you, when was the last time you missed? I mean, it would it would have been it would have been June 13th, 2015. That would have been the last time I didn't run. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now let me. I'm going to call you out on this shit because you're like, oh, if I don't run, then, oh, well. <laughs> you realize that it's been like four years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all good. So, I'm just going to get you hammered as hell right now so that tomorrow morning you wake up and you're just like, I'm not going to run. I'll still run. Yeah. I mean, I just went to New Orleans with uh, my friend's birthday and I got pretty drunk the night before how did you like new orleans i love new orleans my it's wife a, and we go every single year we really, love new orleans it's a great city it's fantastic i lived there for eight months and it took like eight years off my life <laughs> i'm from it, down there oh you around, are yeah, yeah, yeah i'm from around that area so oh, i love it where'd y'all eat at uh well gosh so we like i said we go every single year so we have our list of stuff that we we like to go to what do you do Talk. uh so our normal places that we love to go to we love going to koshan and mm -hmm. uh, this time we went to Cochon Butcher, which is like right next to it. We love Cochon. Yeah, Cochon. Oh, sorry. I don't say it like a good uh, Louisiana person. We, we say, say it like a good Texan. You say, say <laughs> Cochon. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so we go to Central Grocery. Mm -hmm. uh, we go to Parkway for our po' boys. Uh, we usually hit up um, Morning Call in mm -hmm. Central Park, for, yeah. in, the, in the city park, I'm sorry, for... Uh, for our beignets. Um, let's, last time we went to Katie's for some... Uh, we love Katie's. They've got some really good oysters there. Mm -hmm. Man, we go everywhere. Yeah, we go everywhere. We had... Uh, it was our friend's birthday, so we went to uh, Palace Cafe mm -hmm. for uh, for her dinner. That was yeah, really fun. Yeah, real good restaurant. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, that was the first time we've ever been in that place, so that was really good. So yeah, we just we just go there and just eat, eat and drink. That's all we do. <laughs> did you run did you run around the city? I did run. Where'd you did you go run in on Bourbon Street or down by the water or in no. uh, Audubon Park or <laughs> No, so I, I just I ran where we stayed. Yeah. So we were down there in mid city. So we just ran around mid okay. city. Yeah. So Mid City's a nice place. Yeah. Our, our friend lives there in mid city, so we'll we stayed with we usually stay with her, but this time we just did Airbnb and so we just mm -hmm. ran around there. So that's good. Well, good. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't fall over, and I was pretty darn hungover the night, the day after I drank all that. But it was all good. Yeah, the Crescent <laughs> City Classic is like one of those just mm -hmm. huge celebrations. They oh, and they also do now. This would be fun to do around here. Is they do the big red dress run? Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and that is a hoot. Yeah. Uh, it looks yep. like fun. You should schedule your trip next year around that, and y'all can go do that. Yep. Yeah. I always yeah. thought about like that'd be fun to do one around here in the neighborhood, just like a, <laughs> hey guys, we're doing a red dress run. Everybody throwing a red dress and go run around the lakes or something. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, on the 
Saturday this this week and this past weekend, I, I did accidentally join that girls' run that was going around our lakes this, uh, I didn't this past know that. weekend. Was it was it like a neighborhood thing or yeah. just a running group or I think it was just a neighborhood thing. I had no idea what was going on, but they, they had bibs and everything. And it was really? Like, yeah, yeah. I I had no idea. But they were running around and I, it was just my normal run. Mm-hmm. And there were some parents blocking off the road so that traffic would stop for the girls' room. But they're like they saw me coming like, um, good job, bearded lady. <laughs> so that's all right. I'm just running. Your beard has gained back a little bit. Yeah, of growth, huh? it did. Yeah, that's right. I know that's people good. were worried when I trimmed it back. You, know? Know, you did not look like yourself. <laughs> now I trimmed mine up and I think I'm going to let it grow back a little bit more, but I'm growing the bro flow out and all too. Oh, and there just you go. Getting it all crazy. There you go. Yeah, so you got to do that. So you're also an engineer, man. I am. And yeah. And you're not the typical, uh, I talk to a lot of engineers. Yeah. You're not your typical style of it. Yeah. Where did yeah. you get your degree from? Uh, I went to Purdue. Okay. Boilermaker, yeah. huh? Yeah, Boilermaker. That's right. Yeah. You, I saw us in the March Madness. We did all right for yeah. a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I went there and uh, I graduated in 2001, uh, mechanical engineering. Are so. you from there? or? I'm from Chicago area, okay. so uh, not too far, uh, but uh, yeah, I grew up in Wheaton, Illinois, just okay. outside of Chicago. So... But, um, yeah, I've been making, you know, she, yeah, so my wife, so when we got together, uh, she was worried because she also worked with engineers um, before she met me. And she, when she found out I was an engineer, she's like, this ain't going to work out. Yeah. It's going to work out. But then she actually hung out with me for a while. She's like, you're not a normal engineer. I said, yeah, uh-huh. no, I'm not. I got a little bit more personality, and I'm not uh, I'm not as rigid as a lot of engineers are, yeah. but uh, that's okay. Structured. And yeah, that's right. By the books. and <laughs> So what what drew you to mechanical engineering? What was it just? Um, man, you know, it goes all the way back to seventh grade. I'm not even kidding. So really? seventh grade, uh, somebody came to our school, showed us a a big design of a sports stadium, actually. And they mm-hmm. said, hey, look. They said, I helped design this sports stadium. I said, well, what do you do? Like, I'm a mechanical engineer. I said, that's what I want to do. Cool. And so sure enough, since se- seventh grade on, I said, I'm going to be a mechanical How engineer. How old are you right now? I'm going to be 40 in June. Okay. Yeah. So we're similar in age. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's cool to see. Like, I, I don't know. I never had any of those guys coming to Moscow. I had an architect one time, but yeah. uh, I, had, well, I wanted architecture for a little while, too. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. That I heard enough about the program of architecture. So I read, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people know the, uh, so Ayn Rand, so she read, she wrote yeah. a whole bunch of books. Atlas Shrugged. Uh, Atlas Shrugged. So Fountainhead was a great one, too. And that one was about an architect. And I read that. And I said, man, I want to be an architect. And uh, Is Fountainhead the one with Hugh Jackman in it? Uh, oh, the man. They, they did a movie of it, too? I, I think just they read did. the book. I didn't even know they did a yeah. the, the movie of it. <laughs> On Netflix, they got uh, the uh, Anne Rand, they got the uh, Atlas Shrugged movies, they too, do, which yeah. are pretty cool yeah, yeah, to yeah. watch. I watched that. I watched those, but we're getting off topic. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. In the sense of trying to make this show better, <laughs> you got to rope it back in. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so architecture. So I just I, I went with mechanical engineering, and actually they they tried Purdue tries. So here's the thing about Purdue. They're a big engineering school. They're right? huge. They're huge. But here's the thing with Purdue University. So I grew up in Illinois. So going to U of I would have been a great option because in state better tuition, you know, lower mm-hmm. tuition. Um, and I, I did just fine in school. Uh, I never had to. I never had to study or do anything like that. But I didn't do great. Right, I didn't get all A's. Right, because mm-hmm. I was I was busy. I always had a job. You're enjoying life. Yeah, I was enjoying life. I was always in a sport. I was always working. Also at the same time, so I wasn't getting straight A's. Right, um, and uh, so U of I was like 
No, you're not good. It's just like here, like UT yeah. and, and you know, you got to be what top five, ten percent of your class, even to like get yeah. an automatic. It's ridiculous. Or man. you got to have an Aunt Becky. Or an Aunt Becky, right? She's so screwed. I, I had no Aunt Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so U of I was like, no, nah, we don't want you. You could you can get in U of I as something not engineering and then work your way back in engineering. Produce it. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you cool. can come on. You'd be an engineer. I said, okay. And uh, it's fantastic. Well, what turns out was what Purdue wants to do is they want to bring you in and then they want to fail you out. They want to, uh, they want to push you so hard that you want to fail. So, yeah, so after about three semesters – they almost got me. My GPA yeah. had already dropped down to like 1.8, something like that. It was pretty low. Mm-hmm. I got my dad looking at me going, uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> so yeah. I got my I got my counselor looking at me going, maybe engineering isn't for you. And I said, look, seventh grade. I've been wanting to do this since mm-hmm. I was seventh grade. I'm doing this. And so I just buckled down and I finished yeah. it out. And I did great after that. But uh that was that's how Purdue does it, right? They bring you in and then they try to make you fail. I mean, our first class, like they tell you, you sit in this big old auditorium and say, look at everybody around you. You know, you got somebody in front of you to the right, back, and the left. Only one of you is gonna graduate as an engineer. And uh, I was like, Oh crap. Damn. <laughs> and sure enough, that's the way it was, right? So like mm-hmm. my roommates in my apartment. All four of us started off in engineering. I'm the only one who graduated engineering. What did they graduate in? Uh, one history, the other one in some like construction management, mm-hmm. and the other one didn't graduate. He uh, just went off to be a manager of a restaurant of some sort. So, good for uh, him. yeah, it was good. He just he wasn't into. I think he eventually graduated later on in life, but at that point in time, he just dropped yeah. out. So that's the way it goes. Yeah, you don't really. They don't prepare you for that. Yeah. They don't like you're lucky that you were like, hey, I'm going to go into engineering. Mm-hmm. When I started, I was like, I'm going to go political science because I thought I was going to be an attorney. Right. And then I switched to information systems. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I got down to that, like, my dad looking at me, like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> Between that and the receipts for the bar rooms, I was like, I don't really know. Yeah. And they were yeah. like, you better figure it out. So I went back to political science and I was like, maybe I'll go do that. And mm-hmm. I was working for a bank and then, but they don't prepare you to be like, look, Hey, think about what you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's I don't right. know if you're that mature, but let's, th- let's just get a ballpark idea. What field would you like to do? Right. Nowadays it's just like, can you even get in? Right. Yeah. And that that sucks for, it sucks for kids nowadays. Oh yeah. You're trying to make these decisions on them, and at 36, they're still trying to live at home with mom and dad and do all this. It's like, no, we ain't we ain't prepping them good enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I, I was surprised to find out because now I've got a, a junior in high school and a freshman in high school. In high school, they pretty much have to t- they have to pick a track for the kind of stuff that they're interested in, which is weird. My high school, you just took your classes, right? Yeah. Now they have to they have to pick a track. They're like, are you more into political science? Are you more into engineering or culinary really? arts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll find out. <laughs> and I'm well, like, it's crazy already at high school that they're already trying to pick your career. Well, by age. the time this one airs, the, the episode before this, uh, my buddy Court was on. Mm-hmm. And him and I talked, like whenever we moved into the neighborhood, Court had kids similar to what my kids are now. Yeah, yeah. So we have watched these boys grow up, and, and like I was asking Court, I'm like, "What's it like with these kids nowadays mm-hmm. in high school?" And for us, it was more the conversation of is there the drinking, the drugs, the the right. bullying, all this stuff. And I'm actually gonna, I want to get them on the show. Oh, like nice. all these, I'd like to get a couple of high schoolers and yeah. just tell me, like, tell me what 
what are we missing? Right, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I got to prepare for it. I know what my kids are going to go through is not the same, but if they're having to pick out like what they're wanting to do in high school. Oh, yeah. Man, unless a kid's got a fire under his ass for something. Yep. They, it, it's hard. You're, yeah. They're going to get lost. Yeah, they are. You know, and that's, I mean, that's the same thing with college, right? I mean, I, I say, unless you really know where you want to go, mm-hmm. go to community college, just get the like, basics out and then go try to find your way. Yeah. Right? Don't find your way at the really expensive university. You know, I know too many people that went there like, man, I went to Purdue for, you know, some, not me, but something like, I went to Purdue for eight years. Like, are you a doctor? <laughs> yeah. <What laughs> no, you're not. Hell? No, you just took too forever to find your way, you know? Yeah. So. Don't find your way there. I know. If I'd go back now, I'd be completely different. I'd probably go engineering route or something like that. But it's, I did. Yeah. I did political science, and I'm in sales, so that yeah. tells you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sales. I mean, you can do any background, right, and get into yeah. sales, right? You have to be able to talk to people. Yeah, and, uh, it's more personality than anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my uh, degree in, uh, God, what is it? You see, that's the thing about it. It's like political theory and application. So basically, it helps. It helped out. There was a lot of reading of Nietzsche and Plato and all this other oh, stuff, gosh. and like the theory of why things have done a certain way. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> wake up. Wake up. First of the month. Yeah, uh, right. And so there was that, and I actually enjoyed that aspect of it, and but didn't pan out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm very fortunate that you know my parents were like, "Hey, you know, you'll we'll." pay for it as long as you graduate and yeah but there was never a discussion of what you gonna do with that afterwards so yeah. i mean i work for a bank i went to do bank and work all that shit so yeah nah, i'd i'd really prefer they had like an entrepreneurial college like this is oh, how yeah. you develop this is how you do this this is real world application not thought and theories and all this stuff i thought it was hilarious in college i took accounting classes mm-hmm. and i failed like oh, God. a lot of them yeah yeah and then I got into the real world, uh-huh. and I went and worked for my dad in his business, and I was like the head operations manager. I ran all the accounting. I ran all the financing. <laughs> I did all this stuff to where we paid, We dropped like three accountants. Like, oh we don't need gosh. y'all anymore. Yeah. And finally, at the end of the year, it was like our expenses went from like $100,000 on accountants and ex- yeah. accounting expense yeah. to like fifteen grand. Yeah, yeah. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, you're keeping all the books good. I'm like... <laughs> Failed five intro classes. There we go. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's. I mean, that's the thing is that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's speci- you know in engineering. You know, I've got you know my junior, the junior in high school. I mean, he's a real smart kid. I mean, he could do any of it, right? Um, but the the school part of it, uh, it's different, right? I mean, like, why do I need to know calculus? I mean, actually, I was I was at my job you know, last couple weeks. And I actually told everybody around me that would listen, I'm not doing calculus for this problem. Like I was working on something. I said, I'm not doing calculus. I know the way around it. I'll get a, an answer that's going to be suitable. I don't need to go do calculus because I hated it. I mm-hmm. hated calculus, but they make you take it. And I don't think it's because you need to know calculus for these jobs, but you need to learn how to learn the difficult things, yeah. right? So it's all about learning how to learn, right? Because yeah. every single step along the way, you got to learn something new, right? And I think that's the important thing with every job, right? It's like yeah. you've got to be willing to learn every single day, right? Yeah. Even in my job, I work with a bunch of engineers, and I'm surprised how many people aren't really will, like willing to learn more. Right? They just do their thing. That's it. That's all they want to do. It's surprising. <laughs> so, can, so can we 
talk about your job or what? Or you can, yeah. All right. Nothing's so, mine, nothing mine's private. Okay. So you're you're a mechanical engineer. I'm a mechanical for, engineer. Yeah, that's right. And you are you work in the aerospace division. How how yeah. or break it down for me, man. Yeah, no What's problem. What's the best way to? Yeah, work? yeah. So so I work on so on the layman's terms on it's uh i, I actually tell my hvac for like a like a house mm-hmm. i do the hvac for the international space station that's pretty much my job right so heating and air conditioning but there's really no heating because we provide all the heat as far mm-hmm. as humans is concerned but uh it's called the environmental control and life support systems for the international space station ECLIS, right okay. but ECLIS does everything so just i'm the subsystem a lead for the temperature, humidity, and control. That's why I say I'm HVAC, right? <laughs> uh, so I do temperature, humidity, control. I'm HVAC, right? <laughs> it's pretty much what it is. <laughs> when my, you know, my wife introduces me to people, and they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" I tell everyone I'm a plumber. Yeah, <laughs> I, work, I work for a fluid management system company, and we do some high expensive stuff and everything like that. But I tell them I'm a glorified plumber. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it, it, right? Yeah, my HVAC <laughs> at the space station. But so, so, yeah, so it's good. I never thought about that. Like what you just said in there, like we produce the heat, mm-hmm. so there is no heat on there. Yeah, I mean, well, well, the the heat that we produce, well, the only heat that's on the space station is really they have shell heaters, right? Okay. For you know, the space station is just like big old cans, right? Really yeah. thin aluminum cans. They'll put heat on there, right? Mm-hmm. But everything else is look. You've got powered equipment. You've got humans. I mean, humans mm-hmm. put out a hundred watts, in, you know, of heat, and uh, and typically. And uh, so all of it, we're trying to reject the heat, right? We're trying to get out to space, right? Okay. Space is space is cold, right? That's, right. So the thermal engineers that I work with, they have a very simple way of bringing everything down. Space is cold. The sun is hot. Like that's it. That's how they do their job, right? Like if it's pointed towards the sun, it's hot. If it's pointed out to space, it's cold. Like that's that's how they like the real basic how they do it, and that's how we do it, right? We got the heat from the inside, and we put it outside, and that's okay. it, and it goes away, right? Just put it out to space, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> just make the little, just make it go. Yep, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Open the door. Yeah, you open, you put it out to the radiator. It's like opening the door. You just whoop, put it out to space. It's yeah, gone. I was yelling at my kids the other day. They had the door open. I was like, "You're letting all the heat out, or you're letting the cold in, or whatever law of thermodynamics that we are trying to maintain at this point in life." I'm not sure. I think it's hot to cold. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's that's the way it always. That's the way it always transfers. That's right. He, yeah. I, so my first job was thermal analyst, and you know, and and my mentor, great great guy. Um, he would always say, "Look, we are not talking temperature transfer. It's always heat transfer." Like, because it would say, "Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, the temperature is really going out. Like, we're not talking temperature transfer. It's heat transfer." I was like, yeah, the okay, heat's right. getting out. Yeah, the heat's getting out. That's right. It's always a heat transfer. So, so yeah. So our overall system does everything right. So mm-hmm. you think about a closed loop system. I think we talked a little bit about four. Is that on space station, you got limited stuff, right? You yeah. got water is limited. Um, you got, you know, power is limited, everything like that. So oxygen is limited. You can only tank so much, right? Yeah. Um, and so our equalist system does everything. It, it generates oxygen, right? So in a real basic term, oxygen is generated by, you take water and you can split it up to hydrogen and oxygen, you get mm. oxygen, right? Right. Um, what so, do you do with the hydrogen then? Uh, well, some, well you, you either vent it out. Okay. Or you can vent it. You can put it back into something called the Sabatier system, and you can take and you can actually create more water. So you can take the the methane from whatever it's a the byproduct of uh, the CO two removal system. You can take the CO two. You can recombine it with the hydrogen there, and you can make water afterwards. So Sabatier is like the real closed loop. Damn. So you scrub out the CO two. 
you bring back the hydrogen that you just scrubbed off of water, and then you make more water. Because if you're taking the CO2 that are, is being put off by the astronauts breathing, right. it's going to capture that in the system. It's going to break it down, and then you combine the hydrogen off the one, the oxygen off of that. That's right. Where does the carbon go? Yeah, well, so <laughs> exactly right. So now I'm not what a chemist. What do chem- you do with the carbon? <laughs> I'm not a chemist. Let's not talk about it. So, uh, yeah. So, and then on that system, on the, on the carbon, it will actually get combined back into something. It will mm-hmm. actually combine back into methane. Methane is something that will just vent off, mm-hmm. off of space, right? Now, they're working on a whole other system where you can take the methane and go bring that right back and close the loop even further, right? So, it, the regenerative ecosystem is pretty fantastic, right? And when we go out further, like towards Mars, that's what we're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So, our our group does everything. It goes by everything from recycling the water from, hey, you know, today's coffee becomes later today's piss, which becomes tomorrow's coffee, right? That's the kind, yeah. of, that's the kind of stuff we do, right? Um, yeah, but so we, we work on all those systems. So... And then uh, and my job is just kind of be a part of all of it, right? Even though I'm the subsystem master of, of THC um, and, and not the weed part, the actual temperature, humidity, control part. And uh, <laughs> you're just talking about growing weeds <laughs> in my backyard. Weeds, now we're talking about this one. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's it's, it's good. And it's astronauts exci- are really high up there. <laughs> yeah, they, they really are. Yeah. So, uh, and they're moving fast, too. Yeah. Um, what is it, 2,500 uh, kilometers per second? Oh, yeah. Don't use units I don't like. Yeah, it's like, oh, 15, I'm sorry. It's 15,000 like 15, miles per hour. Yeah, yeah that's like, what it is. Yeah, that's right. Faster than a bullet, right? Faster yeah, than a bullet. Like, whenever somebody was telling me about that, and then just dealing because I deal with a lot of engineers, I deal with a lot of uh, NASA contractors, things like that. And there's always something impressive. I'm always trying to get in front of these guys. Like, what what can I help you with? What can I do? Yeah. Like when I, I met this one guy that was designing a new uh, 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 backpack, this uh, oxygen backpack for mm-hmm. the. For the system, and he was basically like, "We build it the size of the room, mm-hmm. and then we shrink it down to a backpack." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, that sounds like a really fun job. Let's get to it." And they were like, "Oh, well, we only need this, this, and this." I'm like, "But I can help with the other stuff." No, we're good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Damn it! <laughs> Let me play. Yeah, let me get right. in the yeah. sandbox with y'all. Come on, let's kick it up." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of but a lot of people try to kind of hold their own little, uh, you know, own little group. Yeah. So. So as you said, you're the HVAC guy. When do you get the call saying like, "Hey, my thermostat's stuck"? Or like, yeah, I mean, it happens. Uh, I mean, the thermostat thing is a, a thing, so they can control their own temperature mm-hmm. up there. Uh, but it leads to a whole host of other things that we have to watch out. Right. So uh, the water recycling is a part of it. So when when your air conditioner uh, pulls out the humidity from your house and your house feels good in here, by the way, it's very nice in here. Thank you. Uh, that water just goes back into your drain, right? It just yeah. goes back out into the city. If you're lucky, as long as everything's not plugged, then it just goes outside of your house and you better get that fixed. Yeah. Uh, don't go to the drain pan. Um, so that system gets you know, brought out into the water recycling system. So the problem with that is, is that our heat exchangers, zero G is very different than one G, right? If you mm-hmm. have your water and you draw it out, you know gravity's going to bring it down. It's going to go down to your drain. Go every, 9.8 know. meters per second squared. Hey, man, you were so good. You should have been well, an engineer. I should Look have. at that. That's fantastic. I like some science, too. <laughs> so, but there, we have to worry about, uh, we have to worry about, you know, the, uh, 
the, you know, the, the water being sucked into a specific water separator, you got to use centrifugal force to be able to kind of throw it out to the walls to be able to brought out to. So when that stuff breaks down, then we get water where we don't want it, which is coming out the vents. That's where we get calls and we get our sensors saying, Hey, water's going, instead of going to our water processing unit, it's going down the ductwork. It's going back out into the crew cabin area and that's bad stuff. So we have to worry about talking with the, the front room uh, controllers to make sure that we're changing the settings to make sure mm-hmm. that we're not getting water carry over in a bad spot. So. Can y'all change the settings for them or do they have to do that themselves? Most of the settings are actually char- are actually set down here on the ground. Okay. Yeah, so we have fight flight controllers that are in the, the front mm-hmm. room. If you turn on NASA TV and you send a bunch of people behind desks. Like looking front. at the big screens up yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know a couple of people who uh, work on those. Yeah, yeah. They're the flight controllers, yeah. right? The people I work in, the, my group, we're the backroom people. Okay. We're, we're uh, if you see a Apollo- toilet's jammed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're the engineering in the back, right? So you Apollo thirteen, where they say, "Hey, you got to get this square piece into this round hole." That's my group, right? Okay. Like you got this stuff to work. So we're the engineers. Which is an awesome scene. Yeah, it's pretty fun, right? It's yeah. pretty fantastic. And we've actually had stuff like that that I've actually worked on, which is pretty fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that's when we get the call. Like, hey, telemetry saying this. What do we have to do for our system? So we kind of tell the front room, hey, you should change the setting here. Let's go this way, and then we get get it all fixed out. Do you, Do you have the big book that you pull out and be like, all right, step one? Because <laughs> look, my experience yeah. is there's a book about everything. There is, and where you say like step one. Yeah. locate this button and push it then turn this knob oh, then do yeah. this and read here and if it goes that go to this page and yeah ridiculous yeah. oh it's it's it is and every single procedure that the crew has to do every single step is called out but yeah. you have to do that for this oh yeah you do yeah. i mean this isn't look, look at space flight in general mm-hmm. how many runs they're making at like like SpaceX right now, mm-hmm. how many runs they're making at this at landing rockets? They landed three of the rockets perfectly, and then guess what? Rough waters. Oh, one of them gosh. fell over. Yeah. In the water. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to be precise. It's not a. It's not a. Let's try this. Yeah. Because yeah. we see what happens when you try it, and <laughs> you just say, "Hey, let's see if this works." No. No. It's uh, got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. That SpaceX thing is, by the way. Uh, full disclosure, I don't work for SpaceX, but man, what they're doing with their lock, rocket launch, like landings mm-hmm. after launch, it's amazing. It's that really is. good. I, I, I mean, obviously, the, the drone ship out in the ocean is not the best option because they've Why lost Why don't they more make rocket. that bigger? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't they make it so that if that thing falls over, it falls onto a boat? You know, yeah. like, come on, Elon. Buy a bigger boat. That's right. I mean, we, how many like uh, you know oil derricks you have out there yeah. that are doing the same thing? They're bigger. That's yeah, why. <laughs> that's the thing. Maybe you can repurpose an old derrick and have that, yeah. and be like, oh, by the way, a rocket's landing today here, and you can use it for like subsea power and ocean harnessing, ocean currents and shit like that. Elon, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're one of the 200 subscribers <laughs> to this podcast, Elon, do something about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But that is really impressive to see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very impressive. What do what's y'all like, like view on that? Where the privatized space flight versus government controlled space flight? You know, I think it's uh, I think the privatized thing is the way it's it's got to go, right? Yeah. You got to get some extra dollars in there and some excitement about it, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way space space flight's always been, right? If mm-hmm. you don't have 
the public excited about it, you're yeah, not, you're not going to get it done, right? It's not going to get it done. You got to have your. I mean, even if it's government dollars, you still have to have your senator and your congressman fighting for those dollars to get because it done. they want the jobs of the factories in That's their town right. who are going to make it. And if you have a company that makes a rocket and then you can reuse that rocket or like trash it in space and you make another one and it's thirteen million or billion or wherever, right? You know, then you have that. Yeah. And now that. Elon Musk and uh, Bezos. Does Bezos have his own? He does. Yeah, uh, it's, it's Blue Oracle. Yeah, or, Blue, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're running. I don't hear much on Blue Oracle though. Yeah, yeah. They're more. I don't know if they're hush hush about what they do or yeah. they're just not as advanced yet. What, what do you, you What know, do you they, know? Do you so, know anything yeah, about them? Or? So, uh, so one, I think it's Blue Origin, but you know, it's or, late. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's okay. So, they, I mean, they're big enough that they have a whole building on Kennedy Space Center. Like, I mean, they have a building there at Kennedy Space Center, so they're big enough. So mm-hmm. they're building their own thing. I haven't seen one launch. I haven't seen anything else that goes up, but they have a building, which is pretty yeah. impressive. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, the the companies that aren't NASA, you know, that aren't NASA that have buildings on Kennedy Space Center property, you got Blue Origin, you got SpaceX, and you got Boeing. Like, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. So it's, it's you know, and then you got a whole military side. But, yeah, mm. so they're doing it. I mean, they're they're getting there. I just haven't seen anything else yeah. out of them. So they're so, trying. So you have your launch at Kennedy. Yeah, that's right. Then you have control here in Houston. That's right. Yeah. And then what? And then they land in California. So they, I mean, they will. I mean, so you're talking about shuttle days? Um, yeah, I'm just. Yeah, shuttle days, you could have you could have landed at numerous places, actually. Okay. So the, when the shuttle came in, I mean, there was a landing spot. They could land here in Texas. Yeah. They could land there in California. They could land there at Florida. It all depended on but they don't do the that weather. Now. They don't do that now. I mean, now the landing is, actually, it's all the landings right now are in the ocean. Right? Yeah. SpaceX lands in the because ocean. Because they land the Russian capsules and everything. Yeah. So the Russian capsules are in Siberia. That's mm-hmm. where they land. Kazakhstan, Siberia. And then the SpaceX ones, they land out in the Pacific Ocean mm-hmm. out there off of California coast. The, the Boeing one, when we get our crew capsule they're gonna actually be a land uh, like a like an, a land landing instead of oh, on the wow. ocean yeah so they've got like a big uh, inflatable so they're gonna try to land on the on the land instead of having to go out there and fish it out of the ocean and bring it back in so which should be better yeah <laughs> it's not gonna be like the shuttle days where you actually see it like actually that land, was like so an airplane. Cool. yeah the shuttle was the best i had a guy uh, tell me he's like we're talking about the shuttles and everything mm-hmm. and he says do you realize that every time those shuttles landed those tires were thrown away afterwards. Yeah. Like, they're one use only. That's it. It's yeah. like, why? He says, because we're not going to spend all that money and have second, like, used tires on a shuttle. That's right. He's yeah. like, airplanes, all the time. Yeah. Take off, land, take off. He's like, the space shuttle, one and done. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you just hit on. When you asked about the commercialization of, of space, that's how you make it better is you get more runs, right? I yeah. mean, you right now, the problem that we have, and we will we'll have until we get to be a bigger thing, is the reason why it's so expensive to launch anything is because you're making such a small run. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, the hardware that I, you know, that I'm, you know, subsystem, you know, help on it, I mean, we have 10 in existence in the world. Like, I mean, you wonder why it's so expensive. There's 10 total yeah. in the whole world. I mean, think about your, you know, a uh, top end sports car that they've made like 20 of them and they're, you know, yeah. you know, millions of dollars. I mean, that's what it is. And they're right? sitting in somebody's garage. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, that's the problem. If we get, you know, more, we get more people launching, we get more capsules out there, we get more hardware being built. 
then the cost comes down just because right. there's more of them, right? So then you got people paying. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Then you've got all these people saying like, "Hey, you want to go to space? Yeah, great, twenty million. Not like the uh, <laughs> oh, who was the guy from NSYNC that like hopped a ride on a. Oh, that's right. Well, he tried to. Lance Bass. Yeah. He tried to, but he never got to, right? No. I don't think he got to. He never got to actually go up to space because he couldn't. Uh, I don't know what it was. If he couldn't pass, even though you paid the money, you still have to pass yeah, like, you gotta the, the physical in. aspects of being able to live in space. It's not easy. No. <laughs> no. I, I sat in one room one time and it was real round. And <clears throat> this was on campus. And I was like, what was in this room before? And they were like, oh, they used to do the gravity test in this room. Oh, nice. And I was like, really? They were like, yeah, where we'd put the astronauts in here and we'd spin them around and get yeah. them to like 10 Gs and shit oh, like gosh. that. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And this room is just like you walk in and it's a big round room and mm. there's a, a plank up top where you can walk around and that's where we were. They're like, yeah, people just sitting here and watch them go. Oh my gosh! I was like, dang, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Till you pass out. (laughs) I know. You know, it's one of the things I've I've heard and I've seen is that anybody can apply to be an astronaut. That's right. Anybody can. I got a buddy of mine. He was a uh, a Navy pilot, Mm -hmm. and we were talking one time, and he says, "Man, I'd always love to apply to be an astronaut." And we pulled it up, and I was like, "Let's fill it out." He goes, "No." I was like, "Dude, what are they going to tell you? Answers? No. You might as well apply. Maybe they'll be like." Oh, this guy's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, you know, when the missions change, you know, they're looking for different things, right? I mean, someone might say, like our age would be like, man, I'm, t- I'm too old for this. Well, these long duration trips are looking for Mars and looking for older yeah. people. They don't want the young people. No, they, <laughs> they want the people that are like, I'm good. Send me out. Yeah, that's right. If yeah. I don't come back, because think about it, you're going to send them to Mars. Yeah. You ain't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> They got a plan to get you there. Yeah, that's right. But they're not. You're not coming back. And and even if you come back, which we actually do hope they come back, uh, the amount of radiation that you've seen, you know, the 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 low gravity. I mean, uh, you're not going to be the same when you get back, right? So if you're, you know, beyond like having kids, that's okay, right? But if you're like twenty something, you might have like a next generation. They don't really want to get back. You're thirty five, forty years old from when you (laughs) left in your twenties, and you come back, and I want to get going. It's like, oh no, we got to isolate you. That's right. Yeah, we don't know. Like they said, uh, so they had a commander Kelly who was there for a year. That's right. Yeah, he he spent a year, and when he came back, and they looked at his DNA, they said like your DNA DNA is fundamentally different from your brothers. That's right. Your twin brother. Yeah, Yeah, your twin brother. Y'all are not the same people. Mm -hmm. Which is. You know, everything going on up there, it's not like Star Trek The Next Generation where everybody like floats around and, hey, having a good time and enjoying it. And every once in a while, you get in a laser fight and the red guy dies and <laughs> I digress again. Yeah. But it, it's no laser fights no on, laser the, fights, uh, on the, yeah. the ISS <laughs> that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> that might be like after after dark when the they tin shut foil. off the cameras. Yeah, the tinfoil hats and Alex Jones. Every single launch, every single video outside the space station, there's somebody on the internet that says, I saw a UFO out there. Yeah, that's fake. I saw one on uh, Instagram the other day where like somebody filmed a UFO and Yeah. I don't my theory on that and let's go into this right. Yeah. My theory is you can't keep that many people quiet. Yeah, yeah. That's like right. the people who said, like, oh, we fly people into Area fifty one and we know it's there. Right. Yeah. We know that they do some shit out there. You have a couple of people who have said something. Mm-hmm. I think it would have to be like some massive like 
What do you, how much are you paying these? Because I know I got a price to shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah so a like lot. you to show me this the next day, I'd be like, yo, check this out. Look at what I took a picture of. And it, and it doesn't matter because everybody, mo- I mean, most people have a significant person in their life, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like you probably told your significant person, something like, look, don't tell anybody this. Yeah. You know, and like, you can't control everybody. Yeah, look, yeah. I'm sorry. You tell me I can't tell anyone this. My wife's going to find out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> She's going to know. I'm she, sorry. I keep no secrets from my wife. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's I like, mean, like, maybe when I stop off at Chick-fil-A and I get that little ice cream cone at the end of the day, I ain't tell her about that. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, I've, I've worked on secret programs before. I've actually have. Like, I had the uh-huh. clearance and I worked on secret. Now, that I won't. Because yeah. I know that if I say that, that's like national security yeah. thing. Like, you don't mess around with that. Some guy style. in a black suit's knocking at your door. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's and maybe that's where they're at, right? I mean, maybe that's so. Now, I mean, I'm not thinking there's aliens around, but I mean, just think about the vastness of the universe. Yeah, there's got to be other there's life. something. Out. There's something. That, out now there. that's the thing. I do believe that there yeah. is something. There, there's no possibility that we're the only. That's right. Yeah. Now. Are we at the point in our existence of this solar system where our our life form and planet is thriving and maybe Mars at one point did and stuff right. happened down there and they blew it up and they came here and they've adjusted and maybe when we blow it up, Mars, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, you know, maybe <laughs> Jupiter next and after that and maybe that's as it goes on. Yeah. Except Pluto because Pluto's not a planet anymore. Pluto will let's, always... Let's not talk about that. Pluto will always be a planet in my Pluto's heart. Pluto's always a planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. They're like, Pluto's not a planet, but then there's this mystery planet out there. I'm like, yeah. shut up. Yeah, come on now. That's uh, that they have way too much time on their hands if they're trying to make know. and destroy planets. So the picture of this black hole, did that like come to y'all any as a whoa, or was it like I like what she did? Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, that was pretty cool stuff. I mean, that was yeah. neat. But I mean, I also saw the movie Interstellar, so I th- I feel like I've already seen it. You know that have you ever seen the movie <laughs> yeah, Interstellar? With McConaughey. Yeah, that's right. It's a great movie, actually. Where it's like the possibility of time travel through yeah. black holes and stuff like that. Yeah, that's actually that movie was actually really good for like a nerd in me. Yeah, like, that's really cool. It stuff. was interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. So now uh, that was pretty neat. Like, and and you think about it, like, I mean, how far away was that thing? It was like, uh, gosh, how far? Away? How many light years away was was it? I mean, it was like you know, like sixty million light years away. Mm-hmm. The the thing that mine, you know, that just messed with my mind is like now what we just saw happened 60 million, million years, years ago. ago like yeah what does it look like now like i have no you know we'll never know yeah. we'll never know i mean that's the whole thing about we, the, we can't like run up and check yeah yeah we can't no we'll never we'll never make it <laughs> you know i mean that the universe is it, it's if you ever really want to just mess with your mind just think about how big the universe is mm-hmm. just how you know when you think about how it's expanding that whole thing about it expanding i mean they really are i mean the, the stars are getting further yeah. apart you think about it, how many, I mean, it's like a hundred generations from now, the night sky is going to look a lot dimmer because yeah. all the stars are going to be so much further away, they won't even be able to see them. Like, it's just weird. Like, think about that. Like, we're actually getting further away from all this stuff, like, as as time goes And on. we're, so the space, the space station is going, uh, how fast, 12,000 miles yeah. per hour? Yeah, like 15,000, uh, 15, 16,000 miles, miles per hour. Yeah. We're flying through space. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you know, this whole this whole galaxy is going away, and there's the Milky Way and the Andromeda and all this stuff like that. I wonder if somebody's looking at us and being like, "I ain't fucking with that." Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, 
don't go to the Milky Way. Don't go to Earth. Just look at it from afar. Or, yeah. you know, the whole theory of are we some kid science project in a jar? Oh, my God. Like that he got a C minus. <laughs> it's like, I tried. I tried. I tried. <laughs> they, this is what they ended up with. I'm sorry. So yeah, let, sorry. let me ask you this. Yeah. From, the, from the mechanical engineer, from the whole NASA, the whole space, huh? Flat Earth. Oh gosh, those people! Is is it? Is there anybody in your community who is like, they're right? No, not one person in my community. No, okay. not at all. Yeah, not at all. Like that's what I'd be like at the water cooler and be like, look at John over there. John yeah. still believes his bitch is round. He doesn't know. <laughs> you know how's that astrophysical degree treating you? That's, not right. Not that's right. You know? I mean, all I have to say for flat earthers is just: Have you ever blown a bubble? Like when you were a kid, you ever blow a bubble? Like make mm-hmm. bubbles and they. What, what shape was it? Wasn't it kind of spherical when you did that? Like, I mean, just knowing the principles of pressure and, and vacuum and where we're at and just knowing the, the you know, the, the, the most efficient shape that you can have when you have like a pressurized vessel is like a sphere, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it just makes no sense for, it just, like a flat earth makes absolutely no sense. Like, I, I cannot in my engineering scientific mind come up and say, yeah, flat Earth makes sense. And none of it makes sense, mm-hmm. not one bit. So, I think we, so. we had a discussion about this at work the other day, uh-huh. and somebody came out with like a pretty good argument about it. And I was like, okay, but yeah, I don't think we'd be able to keep this many people quiet. I came <laughs> back to that. I was like, we cannot get this many people to quiet to show. Like, shh, don't tell them we're riding on the back of space turtles. <laughs> Don't don't tell them that. Was you that know. the argument, space turtles? Because I wanted to hear this fantastic flat Earth argument. I want to just. It was okay. It. So it was a college kid, uh-huh. and his theory about you know like it was basically like seeing from point to point, and that there are no like proven. Every picture of Earth has been a digital picture. It's not a real. All the it, it goes to a lot of stuff, and I'm just like, I mean that's okay, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not. I okay. mean, we've. Yeah, I'm. I, and you want to say like the most basic of explanations is, I mean, I don't get paid nothing, and I know a lot of people that we get paid a lot of money. If it was a flat Earth and we were all kept quiet, man, we're all getting paid for nothing. Yeah, we're orbiting the Earth right now. Like we're yeah. getting data about this spherical Earth, mostly spherical, right? It's not mm-hmm. a perfect sphere. Mostly spherical Earth that we're going around. That makes no sense to me, right? It's like, oh, you've never seen pictures of the Earth. Well, what about the ones from like the space station where they take pictures of the Earth and send it and do all that stuff? And they're like, those are fake. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on. Come up with something better. Come up with something better. Come up with something better. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah, you're, you're an idiot. I'd love for them to talk to Don Pettit. He's one of the best astronauts that's ever been on the on the space station. Uh-huh. And uh, now he works in the crew office. And man, that, that guy would probably, in a very nice way, very nice guy, he would destroy <laughs> that person that said it was a flat earth. Because he'd be like, I've been on the space station. I think he's been on there two or three different times. He's got a lot of hours in space. He would just destroy that person talking about flat earth. <laughs> I know. There's a guy that's like trying to raise money to go up in a rocket so he can see for himself the curvature of the earth. Okay. And like these people that are like, I'm flying on a plane and I brought a level and I'm flying level. Why yeah. isn't? And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. 
Wow, that's fantastic. I know. You know what freaks me out more about sp- more than space travel is that Red Bull guy that went up in the hot air balloon and then he jumped. You remember uh, that Felix thing? Baumgartner. Oh my gosh, that was insane. That was so awesome. I remember <laughs> watching that and I'm like, yes. That's in- that's incredible. That's that's more insane than going to the space station, I think. Yeah, because he was like, I'm just going to like throw a, you know, a balloon and get up there yeah. and then Yeah. And he saw, away. he saw the curvature of the earth. Yeah. yeah. Let's Felix. Yeah. You haven't heard anything from him since he did that. No, I haven't heard anything from him. I don't know what his like, newest thing is. I don't know. Yeah. It's got to change your life when you go up there and just jump out of a big old yeah. hot air balloon. Oh, <laughs> well, God. I'm trying to remember what he said. Uh, I'm coming home. Uh, yeah. Like right before he jumped, how cool it was. Oh, my gosh. That's and amazing. he was the talk of the town for about a couple of weeks. And yeah. Then, I don't know. You haven't heard anything else from him? No. Yeah, that's right. Kind of want to Google Felix and see <laughs> like what he's doing now. What is he doing now? Like He uh, went in the big uh, big balloon, and then he jumped out. And then, I mean, after that, I mean, that's kind of like a... You, you kind of how throw, do you top that? Oh, you really don't. Like, how can you? Although, that's it's the best beer, like the bar story that you can ever hear. Like, yep. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure he's balloon. on a speaking tour or something. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, think about that. I mean, you could uh, talk about being on a, you know, uh, an inspirational speech to say, look, you can do anything. Like, yeah, I, I went up and I, I went beyond the atmosphere. Yeah, <laughs> and I jumped out. Like, you can do anything. You can do anything in life. You want to run a marathon or want to go run a marathon? That's right. Put it on your. Do you want to? Yeah, put it on my vision board. <laughs> Got a few little things up there. Yeah, that's right. I like your idea. What's a What's the story behind your vision board? Oh, uh, so. I'm interviewing you now. No, that's that's fine. So I've got a few things up there. You know, I've got so it's basically images that remind me of things. So and maybe I'll put a picture of this up. So the first one's a godly image, trying to live in a godly manner, and then yeah. uh, my family, who I do a lot of the work for, and then I have uh, this podcast. I've got the logo for it, and then my wife's business, who I do a little bit of work for, and then another. Uh, business that I have my independent outdoorsman. So oh, just yeah. things that I, I'm working on and what I want to do and focus on. Uh, then I got a big F-350 truck because I just love a big Ford <laughs> F-350 and one day I want to have one. Oh and, my gosh. And do that. No. Uh, then I got Jean Lafitte the Pirate who... What? Uh, Why Jean Lafitte the Pirate? <laughs> really? I'm, 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 why? You go to New Orleans. Have you never been to the battlefield of New Orleans? No, I never have. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. We're really bad at touristing of New Orleans. I told You're you really we, good at drinking and we eating. We just go and eat and drink, that's, pretty much. Now, that's a good thing. So, <laughs> did you ever take the riverboat, uh, the Natchez? No. Okay. We Maybe next time we will. We'll All right. talk about doing more so, touring. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Jean Lafitte was a privateer or a pirate yeah. down in uh, Barataria, New Orleans area, yeah. single-handedly responsible for the American Revolution and fighting back the British and winning the Battle of New Orleans oh, all uh, right. okay. back in 1814. He basically supplied uh, Andrew Jackson and all his people with flints and people and how to navigate the canals and how to get it he, and so he was a pirate yeah but he also did some damn good work right like he, okay. he was basically like i'm a private i'm a pirate i like to do my thing but i'm going to help save the war for america yeah and yeah. then also he he was stationed down here in galveston so i always had like a little appeal to him yeah, yeah and then yeah. he's like 
Ah, you left Louisiana and came to Galveston, and I kind of left Louisiana and came to Galveston. I, I've got a pirate soul in my heart. I got you. Okay. I'll, I'll drink right. some rum. So that, I, <laughs> I always have rum. that. Uh, I got a fast car and a fast plane because I always wanted to be able to get somewhere fast and go. Uh, I've got a, a couple of Navy SEALs and things for my boys because I always wanted to be uh, – I always wanted to think of myself as a dangerous man. Yeah. I heard, yeah. I heard that quote a long time ago with the – the point in life is whenever young men look at you and don't think you're dangerous, I always want to be thought of as dangerous. Dangerous uh, man. Yeah. Did you ever draw from the military when you were younger and you never did? You never went to the military? I never went. Uh, yeah. It was always going to college and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And it is, uh, I tell people openly, it is one of my biggest regrets. Yeah, yeah. Not. As I've gotten older and I've made friends with people who have served and stuff like that, I'm just like, yeah. Fucked up. I should have. <laughs> Like, I, I should have went to school, and then maybe I should have went. Yeah. I, man, I was such a lost young man. Yeah, yeah. Like, older now, I'm a lot better, but young, I was lost. I should have went. Yeah, It would have yeah. been good for me. You know, I, you know, I, uh, it's funny. You know, I, I told the story earlier about, like, seventh grade, yeah, engineering. Mm -hmm. I kid you not, senior year in high school, I, I spent a while thinking, maybe I'll go in the military instead. Like, I have always had a draw to the mm -hmm. military. And, man, that's why, like, I'm in Boy Scouts. Like, I, I help lead my son through Boy Scouts. I got an Eagle Scout. And, like, that's awesome. That's, like, the closest thing to, like, military that's that I did. That's regret. I, I yeah. don't, like, I even Googled it, like, can you still be an Eagle Scout at 38? And they're like, no. no. <laughs> but you can help your sons get through it. But, uh, you know, it's like, that's the closest thing. Like, I always had a draw to military and... And, uh, and and first responders and service. Like, I, I even thought about joining the Citizens Patrol here in League City, yeah. like being part of that that group. You know, it's like, I was felt like a draw to that yeah. stuff. So that's kind of neat that you, you kind of feel like It's, it's a way. service uh, aspect of it that yeah, has really drawn me. And it's just one of those things that um, I regret I didn't yeah. do and kind of too late now. So how can I, how can I do good stuff? But, yeah, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And then uh I've got a picture of a watch up there. It's a Patek Philippe because I it's not I want the watch, but I also realize that time is very, very, very valuable. Yeah. yeah. What I'm trying to accomplish. I heard I'm that doing. on one of your previous podcasts about having an expensive watch to yeah. remind you that time is valuable. Yeah, a, and I wore it the other night and I, I sent a picture to my buddy AJ and it's a bright link. It's an it's an expensive watch, but I I work my ass off to get it. Yeah, yeah. And it reminds me when I wear it, like my time's expensive. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a good vision. I, I mean, I've got like uh, the marathon up there. I've got New Orleans, the uh, if, that that hut you see in the middle. That's Lafitte's bar. Oh, okay. All uh, right. The oldest bar in Louisiana, yeah. in uh, the United States. I've I've always drawn to it. Uh, I've got Andy Frisella. He's the CEO of First Form, and he does the MFCEO podcast. You listen to that one? No, I don't. Oh, dude, listen to that one. That will get you jacked up for your day. Okay, all, yeah. right. Uh, all right. I'll get that from you later. Oh, uh, and, and I've got a bow hunter up there because I love to hunt. And I've got the world to try and be a little more conscious. And then Forbes, I'm, I'm going to be on Forbes one day for something. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've got like a lot up there that just kind of reminds me of what I'm working for. And, you know, the... <laughs> You know, I'll like I've got a very simple fishing boat, and I'm got the Galveston a map of Galveston because eventually one day me and my wife we want to retire down to Galveston and just hang out and wake up in the morning and go fishing and come back in and do all that. And, yeah, that's but that's you know, that's fantastic. I, I, you have a vision board? No, I don't. You should you make know, one. I should. You know, I, I feel like. Uh, 
you know, people like you inspire me when you have something like a vision board and you have like, you're going out and you're putting your passion into the world. Cause for me, uh, I mean, I just work hard and whatever's in front of me. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't have, I don't feel like I have a, I'm passionate about everything that's in front of me, but I don't have a whole lot of vision for the next passionate thing that's mm -hmm. in my life. And I, I, I don't, I, for me, I feel like I'm, I'm just so well-rounded in my life. That's how I want to live my life that I don't like find myself driving towards any like one thing. Like it's, it's interesting. Like it's just not my thing. I don't know. Even though I run, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> but no, but you're, like you said, you know, you helped your boy get the, get to Eagle Scouts. You, you know, you're passionate about your running, you're yeah. brewing beer, you're doing all that. That's, that's okay. That's fine. That's okay yeah. to do that. But, you're focused on it for yeah. me i have to i have a few more things that i want to do and i think it's kind of because i've had my misspent youth yeah, yeah is the best way to put it that man for my first 35 years I, I i just basically had a lot of fun yeah yeah yeah. so i'm not one of those guys that like i was real focused from day one and i can want to just like no no i'm gonna be on the back end yeah, I'm going to be like yeah. Colonel Sanders, who, like, at 80 <laughs> is, like, that guy's doing some shit. And we're, like, started at 37. Yeah, you know, that's right, like, yeah. But, you know, that that's, I don't know, I've, I've made one. I've done it. I've got uh, the Murph up there also. I signed up for it. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to go. I was doing a lot of training. I had to stop my training this past weekend. I'll be back in a week. All right. All right. Uh, so I'm on a injured reserve right now. Yeah, yeah. The the injury thing it's it's tough whenever you're training for anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. No, I like the idea of the vision board. Yeah. I was I was like I was thinking about that the uh not too long ago. Ambition has not been a big part of my life. Okay. Right? It just hasn't. Like I just yeah. anything in front of me, I just do the best job I can. I just yeah. go. And like I'm just happy with where I'm at. Like I'm I'm pleased with where I'm at. Ambition's starting to take over a little bit in my yeah. life where I'm like maybe I should be a little bit more ambitious about where I'm going, my career and what I'm doing in my life. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, that, I like the idea of that. I like the idea. Of the it's board. it's fun to do. And I talked to my wife, but I was like, you really should do one and stuff. I think everybody should do one because it just, it, it gives you an idea and you pull out a bunch of magazines mm. and start flipping through there and cut out the pictures that resonate you. Yeah. And it's really funny because you might look at like for me, I know I want to be near water, but I also want to have a ranch somewhere. I know that I realize my time is valuable. I know that I want to instill certain things in my kids, but I'll also have a few other things. And when you start cutting out, you might like, oh, man, I'm cutting out running stuff. But it, the pictures of running that I'm doing right. are not in the area that I'm at. So you oh, might yeah, post yeah. running through trees and forests and stuff like that. It's like. I don't do that. I run around a neighborhood. <laughs> so maybe there's something subconsciously saying like, I need to go find a place to run in a forest. Yeah. Maybe I need to go to like North Carolina or something and run over there. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this certain car, this certain lifestyle or something. I mean, right. And then how do you get there? Exactly. Yeah. Then the action steps. I sat down with my wife and her business partner at the end of last year. And I, and I've done a lot of reading on this. I love to read. Mm -hmm. And we were like, all right, here's the goal for the business. And they're like, what do you mean the goal? I was like, this is where y'all want to be, right? Yeah. All right, let's break this down into steps. And so, like, I'm breaking th down through the whole, like, this is my goal. Mm. These are the steps. Now, this is how we do it. Right. And watching these girls go through that is something. You can do that with anything in life. Oh, yeah. You know, you want to run a marathon? Okay, great. What's your purpose for wanting to run the marathon? Yeah. When is it? Break it down into actionable steps and, and go from there. 
Right. Yeah. No, that's good. And you're talking about a business plan. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Like, mm-hmm. like if your wife has a business, she should have a business plan. Like, right. where do you want to be and how do you get there? But yeah. you have a life. Yeah, What's your yeah. life plan? Yeah, yeah. Do you and your wife, like, know where y'all want to end up after your kids moved out or... Oh, shoot. No, we don't. We talk about a lot of things. It, yeah. we, we do uh, a decent amount of vacationing every year. Like, just about the end of the year, like, we'll go to a new place. We try to pick a new place. And it seems cool. like you ever do that? You go to vacation, you're like, man, I could see myself being here. Or something. Oh, God, yeah. my wife is on that a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's kind of like where we're at. Like, yeah, we just kind of like we vacation in a different spot, like, you know, like South Carolina or California or whatever. And you just kind of like, well, I could see myself being here, you know, for a yeah. while, right? So, and then you think about like, how do I get there yeah. when I retire? Because it's tough, right? It you is. You got to put all the money away and be ready for it. You got to plan. You got to have oh, family yeah. meetings. You got to budget. You got to do all that stuff. And that's that's part of it. But it, it won't aimlessly like get there because it's like having a having a vision without action steps is wishing. Yeah, yeah. That's what they just say. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But I think the vision part is it's key for people. For me. Um, I've just allowed life to come at me, you know, and mm-hmm. you just kind of like, hey, it comes at me, I make the most of it, and I just do the best I can. At and it. I still and do that, like, too. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> and that's, that's something that happens to a lot of us. Yeah. You know, life's always going to come at you. There's always going to be something up there, but you know, in the meantime, you can push it a little bit more. Yeah. You yeah. can get a little more out of it, and yeah. who knows? So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You're inspirational. Well <laughs> I got a lot of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I know my wife was like looking at that. I had another one up there and I had a bunch of stuff up there. And she looked at her and she goes, where's a picture of us? I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. shit. <laughs> well, that just shows me where my focus is. Yeah, so. that, that's right. And, like, it, and, it's, and, it, and it was like a, a wake up to me like, man, I put all this stuff up here, but I don't have a picture of my family. Yeah. So that kind of. Oh, but at the time when I was doing this, I was doing this in work environment and we're mm-hmm. cutting out magazines and pictures and stuff like that. And right. so, you know, I didn't really have a magazine with my pic- my family's picture in it. So, right. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, that's good. You know, you got to have the family and the wife to kind of be recenter. Like, what's the importance, right? Like, yeah. why, why are you doing the work you're doing, right? I mean, yeah. you're doing it for your family. I know. We're, yeah, that's all part of it. You just got to sit down and go through it and. Do y'all ever do like family meetings and stuff like? Because you got older kids. I've got yeah. I've got younger kids. Do y'all ever like sit down and talk about all that or? No, we don't. Should mm. we? I mean, that's give it a try. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, you know, like right now. I mean, we're. Uh, I mean, we're in a spot where you know I'm, you know I'm I'm the stepdad, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got like the the old the oldest one that he's 17, and then we got a 15 year old, and then we've got a 10 year old, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, they're all just so different. And, uh, and you know, I've only been with my wife for five years. Um, it'll be five years actually on May 9th. Hey, look, I should oh, remember. Yeah, it's damn. coming up. Yeah, so. Uh, it's different, you know, the blended family, the step family, it's very different. So like uh-huh. the the family meeting thing, I don't know if we haven't. I mean, we just kind of like do it like piece by piece, like which, you know, what kid needs what and like yeah. what what are our family goals kind of at that, but it's not like a big old family meeting. Mm-hmm. So but uh I, we've we probably should. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of the coolest things that we did uh we've done lately is uh when we sit down at dinner and we'll do we'll do high and lows mm. so we're like all right oh, yeah. what was something high today and what was something low and, oh, and yeah. go through that just a little something and then 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's good. Yeah, it's a it's tough to get the kids to open up about like really what's going yeah. on, right? I mean, it gets tougher as they get older. I can imagine, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking for it. I, my my little boy nowadays was like before I come on high school. Great, what'd you do? Oh, we did this. Now it's like high school. He's in kindergarten. Mm. Good. What'd you do today? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. All right. I'm like trying to find that book, like conversation with kids and like, what are the real questions to ask? I'm like, yeah. Who pissed you off today? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, if, if they what give, were you thrilled about? Yeah. If they give you a little bit, then you kind of pull the thread to yeah. try to get a little bit more. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. It's like, what did you do today? Normal stuff. Well, what does that mean? Like, yeah. I don't know what your normal stuff what is, is. What is normal? Cause from nowadays when I hear y'all all Fortnite danced and smoked a jewel or something. So, Oh yeah, smoked a jewel. Yeah, that's like I was like, what's a jewel? Oh yeah, yeah, the vaping yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a car in a court, every single kid in high school now has a jewel. Oh my gosh. So it's yeah. like, oh damn, that stuff is uh, whatever. I try yeah. not to get too wrapped around the axle about all that stuff with the what the kids are doing. I, no. And for the most part, like I think, man, what did I do when I was uh, a teenager? Right. So I was like, same thing, <laughs> same church, different pew. <laughs> pretty much it yeah, yeah so. trying cigarettes and drinking and all that and hopefully maybe just not getting caught and having a good time and your parents were a little oblivious to it yeah yeah you did it a little bit but you didn't blow it out of proportion exactly right like it's still, you still made it home you still didn't do anything yeah. really dumb you know and you just kind of you know make sure that you're still making the smart choices when wake up the be- next morning and go for a run that's right that's right no matter what dumb choices you made at night as long as you still get up and go run the next day you didn't make too many dumb choices that's right no (laughs) that's good that's right don't do don't overdo it that's the idea everything in moderation that's right yeah well cool man well hey look i think we're uh, running up against our time frame look what i told you how long it was gonna go yeah that's that's a lot of time it is but But it's good man yeah it's been fun this conversation i appreciate for coming in uh Anything that you want to tell anybody that what they should check out or no, I mean, any organizations we, or anything that maybe our old boy should know about or um, no, I think I, I think we hit everything. If y'all just listen back to the last ninety minutes or so of this whole entire thing, I think you'll hear everything. I mean, yeah. home homebrew uh, stuff. If you're really interested in it, I really I highly recommend it. Uh, my buddy's biofriendly podcast, another podcast yeah. to try, try it out, you know, and, uh, and support your local, uh, space, uh, spaceman and whoever's doing right, anything for the space industry. <laughs> Felix, you need to jump again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what he there. should do. Like go a little higher and jump. I don't know. So. <laughs> that's right. All right, everybody. This has been Kevin Brayman and Buster Caballero. Uh, once again for the good old boy podcast, as always, I appreciate y'all listening. I appreciate y'all tuning in, subscribing. If you can, I've seen a few new reviews. Thank y'all very much. I appreciate that. Five stars as always. I try and bring y'all the best uh, that I can do. And as always, if you know a good old boy, send him my way. If you are a good old boy, come on the show. We'd love to sit down and talk. We'd love to have a good time. It ain't that informal of us environment, as anyone can tell you, as you can see. Uh, and as always, say hi to your mom and him for me. <laughs>